Welcome back to MetaMinds, where we are all about relentless self-development and consciousness optimization. And if you had a look at the last episode with Kia, we talked about uh, diet and plant-based eating, and we went into a whole bunch of different topics, as I'm sure you saw. If you haven't seen, be sure to jump back and check it out. It would have been last week's episode. Yep. Uh, but if not, oh, sorry, but if you have watched it, uh, yeah, we're going to... We're about to dive into part two and we dive into some other spicy topics here. Yep. Uh, we do a bit of a lightning round, which doesn't end up being too lightning, but we... Uh, but we try to get a few like quick fire questions out and try yep. to kill a few myths, especially for me as well, because I am like, I still eat meat, but uh, I'm definitely taking these steps away from especially like dairy when I'm having almond milk and whatnot. And I uh, try to limit the amount of meat I'm having. So it was cool for me as an outsider to ask these questions from a curious standpoint. Yeah, you definitely ask a couple of good questions. And myself being uh, plant-based for a couple of years, I even learned a couple of things myself. So yeah, full of knowledge this uh, this podcast. Thanks, Kia, for being on. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you to leave you to enjoy. See you next week on the Medwines podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Diving back into it, something I wanted to ask, which it you know took us a, basically a whole half of the podcast, and we didn't even dive into this, which is good, I suppose. There's so much to talk about. Uh, is yeah, so someone walks into your clinic. Yeah. They have eaten meat their entire lives. Their whole family eats meat. Uh, you know, and they maybe have had a couple of problems and that's why they've been referred to a dietitian. Mm. What's one of the first things that you kind of say to them to kind of, well, yeah, like what is the kind of process you go through to kind of break those barriers to, you know, change their mindset, I suppose, to understand why plant-based eating is important? It really depends what they're coming in for. So I work mostly with people with chronic disease. So a lot of the people that I see have diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol, things like that. So I generally kind of uh, talk about it in terms of how it would benefit their health and their specific condition um, because the fact that they're there means that and the fact that they've come in and they're generally referred by their doctor means that they're actually willing to make a change to their diet um, and like I said before I don't like to push veganism on every on everyone as well so the way kind of I talk about it is say say for example with someone who comes in with high cholesterol we talk about like the like in terms of lowering your cholesterol it's all about fats and fiber so the saturated fats, which we predominantly find in animal products, so all, all your animal products like meat um, and red meat's really high in it, chicken um, and, uh, say, cheese and dairy and stuff like that, um, as well as coconut oil, actually. Um, you know, that all those foods, they actually increase your bad cholesterol, um, which is a big risk factor for heart disease as well. Um, and a lot of people don't want to be go, go on medication Um the way I kind of view medication sometimes in, say, cholesterol instances, you know, medication will lower your cholesterol, but you're not actually addressing the underlying reason as to why it's going yeah. up in the first place. So what we talk about there is kind of what what we can swap in terms of, you know, reducing the amount of saturated fats in their diet um, and focusing on increasing fibre. So fibre is very effective in reducing things like cholesterol because it grabs onto the cholesterol essentially and takes it out of the body. Um, and we find fibre pretty much only in plant-based foods as well. So for them, I'd be educating them on, okay, you're getting quite a lot of saturated fats from these animal proteins that you're having. Why not let's try having some plant-based proteins, so some tofu or, you know, I generally don't go straight into tofu. A lot of people have no idea what it is. Yeah. But mostly like beans, so chickpeas, lentils, kidney beans, um, and start to do some swaps like that. Educate them that, you know, you don't have to go, you know, fully plant-based overnight. Um, you can do it, you know, even say I always st say start off by just eating plant-based lunches um, and then even just educating them on you know weighing their portions of meat and reducing it down because a lot of people just eat 
three, four, five times the portion size of meat that we're supposed to be having anyway. Um, then also talking about other sources of fiber too, so fruits, vegetables, and whole grains as well, and kind of getting them to adopt a majority plant-based diet. And then after a while, you know, some people are really, really open to kind of adopting that fully if they're really enjoying it. And when they start to see the results, that motivates them more. So I have patients that have, you know, dropped their cholesterol from like, you know, eight to like four, um, which is kind of like the healthy range just by changing their diet as well. And they'll go back to their doctor and the doctor will be like, oh, what medication are you on? And they're like, oh, no, I just changed that None. Right. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, Beans. Yeah, and it's really rewarding for me as well because I'll get a feedback from a few doctors that are like, you've changed this person's entire life. Mm. And I'm like, that's awesome because that's like, that's my goal in life is to yeah. help people. That must be really fulfilling. Oh, it is. It is mm. definitely. And look, you can't help everyone as well. Um, but, you know, that's kind of how I put it. And I kind of educate them on, okay, this is the sort of foods that we should be eating. We should be trying to eat more plant-based foods. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of research behind behind eating more plant-based diets, whether or not they go fully vegan or not is up to them. Mm. Um, but, you know, nine out of ten patients that I talk to, I'm getting them to eat more vegan food essentially because that's what they need for their condition. Mm. Like there's studies that you can follow a low-fat vegan diet to literally reverse your type 2 diabetes as well and reverse your heart disease as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are really highly motivated when they kind of have that health scare, unfortunately, though, to change their diet. I don't think, you know, there's quite enough. Like I don't really see people, I don't see as many people that aren't sick or like aren't, don't have chronic diseases. Um, so, um, that prevention, though, is probably not there enough in our society as a whole. No, like, need to change or, like... <laughs> yeah, there's no need to, to change. Exactly, to change. exactly. So, you know, but sometimes, you know, you know, they, um, you know, sometimes they, they do and they just want to be healthier, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's majority once they've had that health care that they're like, okay, I need to change my diet. Mm. Um, and by far, honestly, the people that get the best results in every aspect of their health, so cholesterol, blood tests, weight, et cetera, are generally the people that follow a mostly plant-based diet yeah. or a fully, like, vegan diet as and well. And high testosterone. Yeah. That's something that I always find is so hilarious. You hear the, the term soy boy thrown out uh, like, yeah. a lot yeah. to kind of, yeah, like emasculate men who are actually eating plant-based. Yeah. But, yeah, the studies show that men that do eat plant-based diets actually have much higher levels of testosterone exactly. and get yeah. longer lasting erections. So sorry, <laughs> sorry to go there, there but that, go. that's just what the studies show. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Soy is probably the most common query I get. I, yeah, I think yesterday in clinic I got that three times. People are just worried about soy. And it's estrogen. Some, and like, estrogen, yeah. yeah right. and it's just media propaganda about yeah, it as yeah, well, which yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. But, like, you can get adverse reactions from soy, but you yeah. have to be eating 14. As you can with every with yeah. everything, everything yeah, balanced, but you right? need to be having 14 to 20 serves of it a day. So Ooh, that's, like, that's, that's a like, fair that's, that's Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, but the way I always put it is look at the Japanese. So the Japanese generally have one of the highest life expectancies, so especially in, like, the Okinawa people, which are... I don't know if you've heard about the blue zones. So it's just a study where that looked at the, you know, areas of the world with the most concentrations of centenarians of people over 100 um, and they're eating majority plant-based foods. But Japan as a whole, like, they eat so much soy. Yeah. Soy products, soy milk, edamame, tofu, etc. And they have one of the lowest risks of chronic disease as well. Um, and they're not all popping up with uh, boobs either, like as guys, <laughs> and they're not getting really high risk of breast cancer, thyroid issues as well. Um, so, you know, 
I think we should all kind of take a Japanese approach to eating anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, but they also yeah. do eat a lot of meat, though. <laughs> they do eat a lot <laughs> of meat. Not perfect. <laughs> they do. They right. do eat a lot of meat, but they don't. I don't think they eat nearly as much as we do here right. at all. Yeah, and like, look, I do think Jap- Japan's probably changed a lot nowadays. They do eat a lot more processed stuff than they used yeah. to. Um, but yeah, you know, they mm. they they're pretty. They the the health issues aren't as high as Australia. Right. Yeah. You were talking a little bit um, about how the, a lot of the focus of your clinic is mm-hmm. to work with people who have some sort of physical condition. Yeah. And I've looked into the research of the cognitive improvements that you can have from going mm-hmm. into that vegan lifestyle or into a more of a plant-based lifestyle. So do you work with clients as well that will come in with like a mental disorder or, or you know, some sort of cognitive deficiency that has been improved from plant-based eating? I don't really see that as much, honestly, in my clinic. Like right. I do get people that you know, with depression, anxiety, and there is some research and look, I'm no expert in gastroenterology at all gut. Um, but like, I do know a little bit about it, about the, your gut microbiome. Um, and you know, that having a poor gut microbiome and, you know, which is essentially the bacteria that's in your gut, um, affecting your, um, your depression and essentially linked with depression and anxiety as well. Um, and one of the big things that affects our gut microbiome is not eating enough fiber. Um, and I know just from, you know, clinical work, like majority of people aren't eating enough fiber. And that's kind of going back to the fact that they're not eating enough fruits and veggies and legumes and whole grains that fuel that gut bacteria there to promote its growth and promote its variety as well. And the big things that affect negatively our gut microbiome is eating too much red meat and meats in general and eating too much processed foods as well. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like often when people go plant-based, they, they start to eat a lot more whole foods as well and they're probably getting a lot more micronutrients as well. And so they're going to feel a lot better within themselves. They're probably not going to feel as sluggish if they're not having too much processed foods either. Um, and, you know, that can also improve your depression, anxiety, mental mental health as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good question there. Mm. Kind of want to jump into a bit of a lightning round. Yeah. Can you for this? I don't know if you have any questions ready for this. No, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll just, uh, yeah, so just essentially I'll, I'll throw a couple of questions at you and then yeah, we can might answer them. This see, yeah, 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 yeah. See how I go. <laughs> yeah. um, vitamins that, that uh, plant-based people should be eating. Good question. So generally, if you're eating a variety of different foods and whole foods in the five core food groups, so fruits, vegetables, um, dairy alternatives, proteins, and whole grains, you shouldn't really need vitamins however on a vegan diet um there is one vitamin that you don't don't get on a plant-based diet um and that's vitamin b12 so vitamin b12 is we it's actually a bacteria so we find it from the ground um so um animals uh like traditionally like we might like gorillas for example they they're herbivores as well um and they get the vitamin b12 because they're eating leaves dirt and stuff like that as uh as humans, we don't tend to eat dirt and leaves and stuff. Rub like your that. broccoli and dirt, everyone. Yeah, yeah there like you go. people say, yeah, just eat unwashed vegetables, and mm, doesn't really work that well. Right. Um, but that generally means that, um, well, what happens essentially is uh, animals, so say cows and stuff, will eat that, and then they'll they'll absorb it. Well, they're just supplemented body, with it, right? Or they're supplemented in, yeah. with it as well. Which is the reason. Um, it. Yeah, exactly. So then that kind of goes into the meat, and people who are eating meat and dairy products get enough vitamin B twelve because it's in those foods. Um, however, on a plant based diet, you know, it's not in any it's not in any plant based foods naturally. Um, 
and you know there's there's some talks about like uh, it being in tempeh and mushrooms and stuff like that but they're generally inactive analogs that actually compete with vitamin b12 to absorb so you do need to supplement with vitamin b12 110 percent um, if you don't it has lifelong like really uh, detrimental impacts so things like brain damage you can get um, and i've had people with vitamin b12 deficiency and you just you, concentration things like oh, that right. like you just you feel really tired fatigued as well um it's important for your nerve cells um so 100 percent, you have to supplement vitamin b12 and i generally say start as soon as you go vegan because you're just gonna it doesn't deteriorate overnight it's something that it does take can take a few years like the one of the patients i had recently that had deficiency he was vegan for three years and then the only deficiency kind of came about in the last year um but it is something that you know is faster for some people so for some people um but that's a huge huge risk as well mm. and that's one of the biggest issues i see is people not supplementing that you you can get it in a few fortified products so you can't can get it in some brands of plant-based milk so like sanitarium you can get it in home brands generally um you can get it in veggie delight burgers and you can get it in nutritional yeast although with nutrition i love nutritional yeah, yeast. yeah <laughs> but with nutritional yeast though um depending where you get it from you don't quite know how much is in there as well and the stability of it might not be as good as we'd hoped um and you have to have quite a lot of nutritional yeast as well and these products you generally need them three times a day um so that's kind of how people who eat meat have it because they'll have dairy and meat or some sort of low products spread throughout the day um so you know i don't really encourage eating you know veggie delight burgers all the time, <laughs> three times, three times right. a day yeah <laughs> right. probably not the best for you just for vitamin b12 so it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah. to supplement as well but like if you're eating plant-based milk and stuff like that you know you might be able to get away with it too yeah. um but yeah that's a big one to supplement um other ones are defect dependent on the person so iron can in some cases there may be a need for supplementation so with women um, we have, because we have periods, we, um, you do have a lot higher iron requirements than men. Um, so 18 milligrams a day compared to 8 milligrams a day. Um, and we get a lot of iron in our plant-based proteins. Um, however, on a vegan diet, you generally need about 80% more iron as well um, than a person on an omnivore diet. So I think it's like 32 milligrams a day. And like if you actually try to do that, it, it can be really difficult as well. Like you're um, eating foods. Pardon? Through eating foods. Through eating foods. Like, yep. you can definitely do it 100%, but, like, you, like for some people, especially when they start off doing vegan, um, it's very difficult. Mm. So it's just something that we like to routinely monitor. And some people, um, especially people, like, that struggle to eat quite a lot as well, there might be, you know, an option to supplement there. But I generally only say to supplement if you're deficient for that one. Omega-3s is also one that is worthwhile to, you know, the research The research is very a bit vague, Um so omega-3s generally come under alpha-linoleic acid. Um, so that's kind of an essential fatty acid. Um, and whenever anything's called essential, it means we need to be getting it from our diet. Um, our body can't produce it ourselves. Um, but there's these two other long-chain fatty acids called eicosapentaenoic acid and doxahexanoic acid, so EPA and DHA. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially what happens is um, for people who eat fish, they get the ALA, EPA and DHA all from the fish, and that's because fish eat algae. Um, however, if you're vegan, you don't generally eat fish. So essentially you can get AL you can't get EPA and DHA, but you can get ALA in things like flaxseed oil, flax seeds, chia seeds, um, walnuts, um, and like uh, 
hemp seeds as well. Um, but what happens, you have to make sure you have it quite a bit. Um, and your body is able com- to convert ALA to EPA then to DHA as well. But we don't often know the conversion factor of how if someone's a fast converter or a slow converter. Um, so we don't know if they're effic- effect- eff- efficiently getting in enough EPA and DHA. Um, so that's kind of where a supplement may be worthwhile. Um, so you can supplement algae. algae um, there's algae-based DHA and EPA supplements, um, which are essentially the the original sources of these these, these nutrients. Um, however, the kind of the issue here is, you know, the research is very unclear. They they like the the studies say that show that long term vegans have low DHA levels. However, they don't really know the adverse effects of that as well. So, it's something like I don't personally supplement, although I am kind of still considering that I might do it. Um, but it's just somewhere that the, the research isn't crystal clear um, whether we should supplement that or not. But the big thing is if you're not supplementing, you need to be making sure you're getting enough ALA so from those walnuts and stuff every day. Mm. Um, so number one, though, is definitely vitamin B12. But the other ones are kind of, you know, more tailored to the person as well. I generally always try and focus on food, food-first approach rather than supplements anyway yep. um, because, you know, the vitamin and mineral d- industry is huge yeah. um, and majority of people don't need to be taking a lot of, of these multivitamins etc and they're generally just coming out in your yeah, pee just expensive yeah, pee right. expensive yeah. pee as well and I think people are waking up a little bit because there was a big show I think on Catalyst or something on the TV or SBS or something about that um, and now people are like oh okay I don't need to be spending hundreds of, hundreds of dollars a month um, and it's also really dangerous like I've had a few people who get, who I've had one person that has gotten toxic levels of one of their vitamins um, because they were on so many different supplements really? as well right, and they got yeah. nerve damage as a result of that. Um, so it is something that, you know, if you're not a health professional um, and you're taking, you know, you know, a variety of different supplements, a lot of them have doubling doses of a lot of different micronutrients. So mm. it might be magnesium in like five different things. Um, so, yeah, it's really, I would always say, you know, only supplement if you really have to or you've spoken to a health professional like a dietitian um, or your doctor as well um, and there's a genuine need for it. Mm. But otherwise, try and just focus on getting it through your diet. Right. It's funny because I went to uh, yeah a doctor last year kind of yeah. told me that you know I was just there for something else and I was like hey I would also love to get like all my levels tested for vitamins I want to kind of mm-hmm. see where I'm at with it, with everything like that and he's like oh we don't really do that and it's a little bit hard to do it's going to cost you a little bit of money and kind of like pushed it away kind of mm-hmm. thing and that was really disappointing to me because. I really would think that that's something that's very easy to see. Mm. But then, like, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, so I can do it. But then, like, I'll get the results and you have to come back to me. And I'm like, what is going on here? Why mm. can't I just go into somewhere, f- see how much is, you know, and figure yeah. it out for myself. So that was yeah. really frustrating. It, it is hard. And, yourself. look, yeah, it's definitely something that we don't we don't re- routinely supplement vitamin levels. It, it is pretty hard to get deficiencies of a lot of things. Things like vitamin B12 and iron, they're routinely always tested. But a lot of your other different, like, things like thiamine, selenium, copper, they don't usually test them. The subgroup that we do test them in is the people that are getting weight loss surgery. So I work with a lot of people who are getting gastric sleeves, gastric bypass, um, which has a huge impact on your nutrient absorption as well. Um, and those people need to be on high strength bariatric supplements and otherwise they don't get, otherwise they will get deficiencies. And, you know, I've had people who come see me two, down, two years down the track and 
they have all these deficiencies because they were never supplementing in the first place as well. So, mm. um, yeah, so they're the kind of cell group that we do test those vitamin levels. But, you know, it is definitely an area that I would say, you know, it's probably worthwhile getting tested, but you would have to pay yeah. um, just because Medicare doesn't cover everything. Mm. But also it's your body and I it's think also, that's yeah. worth paying it's, for. Exactly, it's your exactly, life, yeah. yeah. So. But then that kind of brings that whole other realm of there's a lot of testing out there that's not it's unorthodox essentially so it's there's no scientific back, backing so right. for example food allergy testing there's a lot of um, food allergy testing that's promoted out there um, that's IgG testing um, and you know you can go pay $500 for this testing it comes up that you're intolerant to all these foods um, when the testing is actually there's no research to prove that the testing is actually yeah. true so mm-hmm. people are taking all these random foods like cucumber and like wheat or something out of their diet when you know sometimes it, they're a lot of the research that goes into this testing, it shows that, you know, the foods that are picked up are foods that you've eaten recently as well. Yeah, that, it's right. Um, so I'm like, oh, like and then Eat I'm a whole like, cucumber one exactly. night. Right, right. Like, right. Go take it yeah. out now, you're going to get cancer. Yeah, yeah. Stop yeah. eating cucumber. And that's kind of my perspective on a lot of things. So say, say like things like in that case where people are, t- you know, removing all these foods, um, same with kind of probiotics as well. I have this principle that, you know, if you're not getting any improvements after a month, of removing this food or taking this supplement, etc. Like, what's the point? Like, mm. you're probably not going to get any extra benefit as well. So, you know, say if they've told, been told to take wheat out of their diet as well. Like, you know, awesome. You know, take it out of your diet. Um, see how you feel after a month. You know, if you're if you feel a lot better, awesome. Keep on going. But if you're mm. not, then you know, what's the point as well? Yeah. All right. Um, so, sorry, it, it, the um, lightning round didn't wasn't particularly lightning. Do you no. want to ask this yeah, question first, question. and then we'll dive into yeah. lightning. So, when it comes to people seeking uh, fruit and veggies, right? Yeah. I know there's a lot of pesticides, herbicides, and GMO mm. used. So, how do you go about seeking? healthy veggies and fruits that aren't going to then pass on these negative effects anyway yeah so this that's actually a really interesting question because it's something that's i've changed my perspective on in the last kind of six months Hmm. um so previously in terms of the research that i had done um it kind of showed that you know pesticides and herbicides and things like that um don't really have any effect on the nutrient of the food and that's true like if you compare an organic apple compared to a conventionally grown apple the nutrient content is generally actually the same um however the effect of pesticides i've now started to do a bit of research into does can can actually have some effects in in our body as well and increase inflammation and especially look i was looking at it in terms of endometriosis as well there's a bit of research that shows that people with endometriosis should actually be going organic However, it's very, very expensive as well. So I don't, I like, yes, I believe that everyone should eat organic if you can. I don't eat organic though because it's just so expensive. Yeah. And the biggest priority should be getting more fruits and veggies um, rather than focusing. Like, because if you're only eating fruits and veggies that are organic, but you're only having a small amount, you're like, it's, you're not going to, it's more detrimental right. than eating a large it's like amount a blip of fruits. on the radar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other issue though is with organic stuff. Um, well, not with organic stuff, but with your conven- conventional stuff, is all the food in Australia is really heavily regulated by FISANS, which is Food and Nutrition Standards Australia and New Zealand. Um, and they essentially, if like they authorise that it's safe to eat all this food. So it is safe to actually eat all of the food in the um, in the supermarket. The research behind pesticides and stuff isn't crystal clear. Um, so... You know, like, it's not strong enough for us to say, no, everyone can't eat, you know, conventionally grown fruits and veggies. Um, and 
yeah, so, like, you know, it's kind of personal choice as well. Right. Yeah. So I would say number one priority should be getting your two serves of fruit and five cups of veggies every day. Um, and, you know, if you can definitely afford it, which, you know, you know, is awesome if you can, but I know a lot of people can't, um, then go organic on top of that as well. But don't kind of compromise your fruit and veggie intake just for going organic. That's a great point, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in this distant utopian world when, where everyone is vegan, then all of the um, fruits and veggies are also organic. I'm sure yeah. that's right. slowly Right, the prices would coming. come down then at that yeah. point. Yeah, that's it's it. A social I'm sure change, it's yeah. coming. Exactly. We're not quite there yet, Yeah, we're not quite there yeah. yet. And look, the amount of food that we're eating as a society as well, like, you know, it's huge. Mm. Um, so I, I think it would probably be a lot harder um, because you lose a lot more crops growing things organic because you're not having those pesticides and stuff there. Yeah, take longer um, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, then you have to think about as well, like, you know, the food does deteriorate faster because it doesn't have that stuff on. Um, but then you look at the stuff on the supermarket shelves, it's probably been sitting there for ages mm. before it gets on our supermarket shelf. So, so many yeah. variables in it. So many there? variables as well. And, like, you know, in a utopian world as well, we'd all be growing our own food, yeah. Yeah. killing our own meat if we're eating meat, and then, you know, you know, eating organic as well. That would be nice, but, you know... I, yeah, I can't even keep herbs alive, so yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like Love I have it. much yeah. yeah. All right, so, yeah, let's try and, and uh, do a bit more of a lightning round because we're running out of time. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I want to get bigger in the gym. What's a couple of good foods that I can eat that will grow, help muscle growth? Help muscle growth. So big things with uh, muscle growth is, um, so the first one is you have to be in a calorie surplus, so you need to be eating more food than your body's taking in. Um, second thing is protein. So... Um, if you're not having enough protein every day, it's very difficult to grow muscle. Um, so the big foods to work on there are your chickpeas, lentils, kidney beans, tofu and tempeh, TBP as well, nuts and seeds. Um, you also need to be making sure that you're getting enough carbohydrates as well to provide the fuel for your muscles to grow as well. Um, and after you work out, you want to make sure that you're having um, having a, something with protein in it within that first hour of working out because that's your body's most anabolic, so muscle building capacity within that first hour. Um, and then also spacing your protein. So your body can only absorb about 20 to 30 grams of protein at once, which is equivalent to about 150 grams of tofu or 100 grams of tempeh or a cup of legumes. Mm -hmm. um, so the ideal way is to space that frequently throughout the day. So like people who go home and eat a giant steak, for example, your body actually can't absorb all that protein at once. So there's no real point there. So it's actually better to space it. Huge. Right. Yeah. So I've been told that... Um, you know, everyone around me tells me that I shouldn't be eating fruit because fruit's full of sugar and sugar's bad for you. What do I do, Kia? Oh, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so fruit sugar is different to, like, white sugar. Um, essentially, it all kind of, you know, digest in your body is glucose. But the thing with fruit sugar as well is, you know, you're not just eating the fruit sugar. You're getting all the other vitamins and minerals and uh, micronutrients in the fruit as well and all the potassium and the magnesium and stuff like that and fiber as well yep. um so we shouldn't be afraid of sugar especially when it's in food as well maybe be a bit you know wary of sugar when it's added process into processed foods as well mm. um so that means like label reading if sugar's in the first kind of three five three or five um words on your nutrition label then maybe kind of reconsider getting the product as well but there's no issue to avoid fruit sugar at, at all love it right <laughs> Uh, also, let's say, for example, the person who is making a shift into like a vegetarian lifestyle or a, or a vegan lifestyle, yeah. they haven't seeked professional help, right? Yeah. Which obviously I'm sure you would recommend. But if they're in that stage and they're, they're doing that without any support around them, what kind of signs do they need to look out for that things could be detrimental and they may need to go and seek 
professional help. If they're starting to get low in energy, tired, lethargic, those are pretty big warning signs as well that you're not getting enough of nutrients so they can kind of lead to vitamin or mineral deficiencies, especially iron and B12. Um, and if, you're, if you've noticed a big shift in yeah, how your energy levels are now compared to when you were eating meat, yep. those are the ones I'd say to definitely look out for. But Kia, lions and tigers eat meat. Why can't we be eating meat? Because we're not lions and tigers. <laughs> it's so funny. I've read that objection quite a few times on the internet in various different animals, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but we have these fangs and that's what they're for, right? And it's mm. like... We have molars no. as well. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of... Have you had, had any other like silly objections? Or well, not silly, but you know, they all come from obviously a place that has validity, but any that kind of make you... I don't know. I hey. no? can't think of anything off the top of my okay. head. Mm. Yeah, but like, you know, I think the, the big thing is people don't like to be criticised. And when yep. you bring up veganism, I think that's, you know, you're, you're showing sometimes people feel like you're actually, like, say, for example, I'll give the example of my mum. Like, whenever I bring it up with her, she, like, just, like, yells at me to shut up because she doesn't want to face that truth that, yes, we have chickens in the backyard, yet we're eating chicken or they're not really me. They're eating chicken for dinner. So I think, you know, that, if, you know, people just, they, a lot of people realise that what they're doing is not adding up, but some people are just not ready to accept it. Yeah, yeah. Well. So everyone's on their own journey. Everyone's on their own journey, awesome. and that's why you can't push people into it as well. And I think that's where some vegans don't do it is like, and that's why I, I'm not a huge, huge activist. Like, I'm an activist in an educational way because I'd rather educate people as to why they should be eating more like this, mm-hmm. eating more plant-based foods rather than yelling at them for eating meat as well yep. because, you know, everyone is on, is on their own journey. That's it. And one thing that always stands out to me, this is through counselling, yeah. is if someone tries to change you, yeah. you experience that as oppression, right? Yeah. But if you try to change on your own, you experience that as liberation. Yeah. So it's the idea of like gently educating someone, I guess, so that yeah. they can make their own decisions. Exactly. That exactly. sounds like, I yeah. guess, the most effective way. And that's something that we've spoken about because I'm kind of trying to eat yeah. more plant-based and trying yeah. to be better in that regard yeah. we'll get into but it, it's it's been conditioned <laughs> into me and that's something i've recognized yeah, like sure. through the food pyramid as well it's like they push dairy and meat so yeah. much in the pyramid but obviously that could be an agenda from that's meat companies and dairy companies yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's, so. a that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing they're getting close yeah. to yeah so we've yeah. got about a minute left um is there any other like hot tips that you think could help either anyone transitioning or people that have been uh, plant-based for a while just anything else that kind of is huge chunks of knowledge that you think is uh, important for people to know on this journey if you're struggling, go see a dietitian. <laughs> yeah, like the the big thing is, you know, you know, most people, everyone thinks they know what to eat because, you know, we eat, everyone eats essentially. And that's what everyone seems to tell me is, I know what to do, but I can't do it. Um, <laughs> uh, and like, look, that's fine as yeah, well. But yeah. like, you know, you're like, say, say for you, right? Mm. You're not a dietitian. You're not expected to know everything, you know, about food and nutrition. And that's okay if you don't know everything as well. So it's important to go get help if you, you do need their help as well. Um, and do your research as well. So definitely I feel like the people who, you know, suffer the most is the ones that just decide to go cold turkey vegan and don't do any research as well um, because, you know, they're not supplementing vitamins, minerals, like the vitamin B12, etc. They're not eating the right, you know, protein swaps as well. Um, and then, you know, they, they will essentially, a lot of them will fail because they haven't done that research and then they kind of blame it on the diet when it's not really the diet's fault. It's just how the diet is approached as well yeah massive awesome anything else to add dan i don't think so great well thank you very much for joining us on metaminds uh it's been a very awesome chat 
Definitely, yeah. And now when we covered a lot, I'm sure we could talk for another couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. Really, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, I feel like I'm learning so much coming from a bit of an outsider perspective as well. Like yeah. Eamon tries to educate me on things. Yeah. And obviously I do my research and whatnot. But yeah. Aggressively yeah. educate. Yeah, yeah. He, he aggressively <laughs> educates me. Yeah. But no, it, it is something that um, I think with more education, it's opening my eyes up more. Yeah. And I'm recognizing myself making better decisions. Yeah. Um, so I think on that social change uh, I think that will come with time, obviously. The more people get educated, the more people recognise the benefits of it. Exactly, definitely. And look, I'm the same as well. Like, you know, how we talked about with people just eating meat their, their entire life and dairy. Like, I've been vegan for so long. It's really hard sometimes, like, seeing clients helps me with this. But it does make me sometimes feel like it's not that hard. Mm. Just take meat out, just use chickpeas instead, or just swap it to soy milk. Well, you know, because when you're doing it for so long, you're just kind of, this is just normal for That's you. It. It's conditioned and, into you. Yeah, it's conditioned into you. And it's kind of, you know, that what people go through in transitioning phases is very abnormal as well. They, it's a kind of a big shift in their life and they have to think about eating and they think about the meals every meal of the day. Yeah. Mm. Sweet. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much for again. joining us. No worries at all. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, just finally, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, where would you point them? Uh, you can always find me on Instagram. So at the plant-based diet. At, underscore at the plant oh, yeah at the plant-based underscore dietitian i just changed it so i always yeah. oh, okay right yeah, um, right, right, right. yeah <laughs> um, or kia plantnutritionwellness.com um is my email or www.plantnutritionwellness.com or search on facebook plant nutrition and wellness cool. fantastic thank you again kia no worries at all it's been awesome to chat with you both cheers